I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode 370 after the whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. A couple things we got to talk about today that are not just Sabre related. Okay. I did not know if you knew that Jack Geichel played his 500th game last night. I did not. Okay. And he had a great game. Did he? He has to be loving life. What a talk about opposite scenarios, eh? Going from one extreme to the other. So we can get into that Zadorov trade that yep. happened yesterday. Yeah. And what's interesting about this, and I sent this to the group chat last night, was how badly do you want to get rid of a guy if you trade him within your own division? And not I, only that, you play them tomorrow. They play Calgary. Calgary's their next game. Vancouver played last night. Zadorov didn't play. Their next game is against the Calgary Flames. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to watch that game because I got a feeling Zadorov's going to want to fucking kill somebody on his old team just for shits and giggles. <laughs> I, I were you a little surprised how like I, I would have thought that um, he would have garnered more on the market. Um, he he got what a th- they got a third round draft pick this this year, year and a fourth and next year fifth 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 yeah, in yeah. two thousand twenty six. I'm like, it's like giving away a player. Do you not value uh, Zadorov in a higher regard than that? I think he's going to be a very highly sought after free agent in in the uh, in the off season, and you know it's a team that I uh, Toronto. I could see him see Toronto going after him. I don't want to get kind into of money. Who, what kind of money well, do you think that he's worth? Because that's where he's going he to get into. Now? Th- is he on three something? Is he on a contract for like three? Um, I'll have to look that up. I got him right here. 3.75. Yeah. He's 28 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent. Um, He is a borderline top four defenseman. I think, I think Zadorov is a, a five and a half to six and a half, $6 million defenseman. Okay. He's nowhere close to that. No, really? Yeah. You, you, he will not be okay. anywhere close to that. Really? Yeah. Wow. He'd be, I would be shocked if someone paid him $5 million a year. Wow. Okay. All right. Fuck was I way off then. I, I yeah. must value him way more than I, than I, uh, you know what I value in him, Riv? His size and his physicality, the fear factor that he, he gives. I mean, I would pay him another million just for that, I guess. Cause let's be honest. There are not many defensemen in the league like him. I think you're looking at around five, maybe four, seven, five. 
How many years? Uh, he's 28. I'm probably thinking five years. Who's comparable to him? In this league? Yeah. He's like a poor man's Jacob Truba. Is what he is. Jacob Truba makes $8 million a year. Um, he's probably considered one of the best defenders in the game. Okay. Defensive defenseman. That's he hits, he blocks shots. He's, he's a great penalty killer. Um, but um, I don't think Jacob Truba is your point producing guy. I can't wait to see what he gets. Actually. I can't believe I'm that wrong on that. You might not be. There might be someone who's looking for a six foot six, 235 pound defender. That's me. Every, everybody, everybody. Everybody. We'll see where Zadorov goes. I say six. You say you say five's an overpay. Jack Eichel's played his 500th game last night. How many points do you think he has in his career without looking him up? 500 games. 400 and 12. Wow. Undersell. Higher. It's higher. Yeah. 475. Under 470. You watched him in the playoffs last year, right? Absolutely. The, the best I, hockey I, I, was... I have ever seen him play in all the years I've watched Jack Eichel, the best version of him because he was defensively responsible. I, I gotta tell you, um, he deserved the, the, uh, Conn Smythe. Who won it? March or so. He was pretty damn good. Though. Yeah, he was. Jonathan marches 25 points, 13 goals. Some of those goals that he scored were clutch. Were, were it were so clutch for the outcome of the playoffs that, um, you know, in 22 games, had 13 goals, 25 points, and was plus 17. Now, he didn't lead the playoffs in scoring. That was Jack Eichel. He had 26 points. And Jack played a phenomenal, phenomenal brand of hockey with Jonathan Marchezo on his right wing and Barbashev, uh, the Russian player, uh, on his left wing that I thought was outstanding in the playoffs. Jack Eichel was unbelievable. Best I've ever seen him play by far because it wasn't about trying to outscore the other team. He played the right way. He back-checked and tracked the puck and was in the right spots in the defensive zone, and then he broke it out, and they went on offense. And that's how you win championships. It's defense. It's not offense. Jack Eichel last year had... 67 points in 66 games. That's a good year. But that's not Connor McDavid who had 150 points. It's not Leon Dreisaitl who had 125. It it wasn't all of those guys that were over 100 points. Jack okay. Eichel had 67 points last year. wonder how McDavid feels about seeing this guy win a Stanley Cup. So, like, before him. Who has the pressure now? Would you rather be Connor McDavid, be classified as the number one player in the world? A player that did something last year that only four other players in NHL history did, and that score 150 points. Okay? 
Connor McDavid was the fifth player in NHL history to score 150 plus points. Do you think Connor McDavid at this point in time would change with Jack Eichel? Absolutely. Listen, we all play this game. We do it because we love it. We do it because it's literally defined our lives up to this point because a lot of us played the game of hockey since five years old and have gone through all of the stepping stones through youth hockey into junior hockey into pro hockey and then trying to survive pro hockey. And if you're lucky enough to be on a team where you're a small piece to the puzzle and you can win a championship, that is why you play this game. That's why when we were playing road hockey or, or, or outdoor rink hockey, and you were acting like you were Wayne Gretzky or Mary Lemieux or Chris Chelios or Bobby Orr or whoever you were, you were ultimately trying to win the prize. You're trying to win the Stanley cup. Connor McDavid right now, he's got one goal. He's going to be rich beyond his, his imagination. He's going to, win scoring titles, but at the end of the day, all of it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing because ultimately there's only one thing to win in this game of hockey, only one, and that's the Stanley Cup. And Jack Eichel has won that Stanley Cup. Yeah, they could win another. Yeah, I was looking at uh, the um, scores from last night, and it's not just about looking at the Sabres, right? You're all you're ultimately looking at other teams. Didn't get any didn't get any help last night. Ooh, Bruins won. Red Wings watching won. in December, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Penguins uh or Florida Panthers won. Uh then you have the double kiss of death, which is the Devils played the Flyers, but both teams went into overtime, so they got points. And New Jersey won, who's behind the Sabres, by the way. Um Pittsburgh Penguins. Who's behind the Sabres? 142 over St. Louis. You have uh, the Maple Leafs winning over in a shootout. The Islanders win in overtime. It's it's just like everybody rack, got points except everybody. Got everybody points. in the conference got points. And then Washington yes. beat uh, the Anaheim Ducks last night. It's interesting you bring that up. I didn't catch that. That's why you are who you are. So remember yesterday when you said that uh, the Sabres were only, what, three points behind Detroit? Now they're five, but it's not even that. Detroit's played less games, one less game. So, I mean, that that spreads things out. Tampa Bay, Sabres have a game in hand on them. And you got to start closing in on some points here because after Christmas... That's when stuff gets real in the league. Yeah. Like after Christmas is when the league takes off, in my opinion. And it's almost like some teams kind of just come out of the gate, get to Thanksgiving, then you sprint to Christmas. Then after Christmas, it's like, yeah, it's it's the separator mark. There's a real there's a real log jam. And, and the Sabres are by no means at this point in the season uh, out of it or in a horrible situation, the the horrible situation for them is there's the Islanders, Philadelphia, New Jersey, and Pittsburgh are all ahead of them 
and they're not in the playoffs either. Now, the difference between the first wild card spot in Tampa Bay at 25 points, and then you look at the Islanders, 24, Philadelphia, 24, New Jersey, 23, Pittsburgh, 23, and Buffalo Sabres are 22. The concerning part is there's so many good teams that are fighting for ultimately one spot. <laughs> and I mean, if the Sabres do like they had a, they had an insane game against the Rangers the other night in Madison square gardens and ended up winning a beautiful five, one game. They follow it up and have six score goals scored against them in St. Louis and still played very well. They still played well. Like, I mean, there was a lot of really good hockey in that game for, for, for Buffalo. But at the end of it, if you're not walking out with in any arena, if you're not walking out with points, playing good doesn't mean shit. Playing good doesn't mean shit. You know, when you're out in the ice and you take a big check, and the next day you feel all sore and you don't feel well. But when you're injured in a car crash, don't let the insurance company skate off without paying what you deserve. Call Salino at 800-555-5555. Want to win big with your team? Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Bet on all your favorite sports, games, and fights, including pro football, hockey, college sports, boxing, and much more. You decide what to bet on. Points, money lines, planning to parlay your way to a big win? Do it at Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Time now for another edition of Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash called Salino 800-555-5555. Time to nitpick a little bit. It, it, it starts with like winning a goddamn face-off. Like, holy shit, man. Like you can't, like that referee couldn't have thrown the puck back to that player smoother. I mean, the first two goals come off lost, lost draws. Lost draws. It's very simple. You know, now you can start to break down you know, after the fact of these lost draws, what happens next? But the first two goals were a a like the cleanest lost draw to a to a forward. Nobody gets out to him, which is Jordan Greenway's job is to get out, have a stick on that, so the guy can't even attempt to take a shot. But there's no urgency to get out to him, and a shot's taken that I think that. Ukpekalukanen did not see the puck because there was traffic in front of him. Okay. That's the first goal. The second goal, you have a loss face-off, a clean loss face-off. It goes D to the far winger 
and he just missiles a shot. Well, where's a where what where's Ukapek Lukanen? He's trying to look around the guy who's standing directly in front of him on the power play. He can't see the puck. Shen buries one top corner. You know, and you 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 start to go through all of the goals. And it's just super frustrating. It's just super frustrating. Like lost battles in front of the net. Guys not in the right positions to defend. Like what? Like we we all know as as fans, as Sabres fans. Third goal was scored by uh, neighbors who I literally don't even know who this kid is, but he has nine goals. You don't know who Jake Neighbors is. I don't. There's lost, there's lost coverage because these guys do not know how to defend. I'm sorry. We know how to score. We do not have a problem with, uh, with Don Granato and his, and his ability to want these young guys to go out and play an offensive game and just go score goals. Don't stifle these guys from their offense. Well, how about their defense? I'm going to tell you this. I've said this 10,000 times in my life. Offense is going to win you games. Defense wins championships. That's it. So if you, if you as a organization have an offensive team that care about defense, you're going to be one of the top teams in the league every single goddamn year. No question about it. hundred percent. The problem is the Sabres right now have a ton of offensive ability. They are incredible. Uh, they have so many you, highly skilled I, offensive players, but they do not know how to defend. You watch Jeff Skinner in the defensive zone. It's fucking making my they, eyes what are, bleed. What are they being told? Just go look at the third goal. You Until call that, this team. You call, you call that getting in a shot lane? Is that a, is, is that a guy being alert in the defensive zone? I feel bad for the other players on the team, for the guys that don't actually try to buy in. Or, or maybe they just don't get it. But here's the thing. Let's have the most skilled team. Let's have the most skilled team. What happened to this a magical thing? That I love this. I love this saying. This hockey IQ. He has a high hockey IQ. I'll just say he's a fucking smart hockey player. How about we get some smart hockey players? Guys that understand and value those, those areas of the game. We have all these first-round picks that were all young superstars that that probably were never really relied on to play defense at any point in their life. Oh, we have 15 first-round picks. Well, you know what that means. Most first-round picks need to be kind of like molded into how to play properly. No offense. Every player, every young player does. But these first-round picks are all drafted on potential and skill. Yeah. So there's well, there's a, well, there's a I'll, level I'll bring of, this up to you. Where's the teaching coming in? Where is this where I'm sorry, where is this great development teaching coming in? That's that's my question, Craig. Great, our team can score goals, but our team can't win games. If yes. they actually if they actually were being maybe taught or understanding what they're taught because I'm not in the locker room and I don't know what they're being taught. But I would love for a media member to be able to ask a player to say, "Hey, so what is this like what do you do in the system?" Like if in the defensive zone, if the puck's in the corner, like where's where's everyone supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Can you explain that to me? Like, where's the centerman there? Is the winger there? I, I would love to have a player tell us what it is they are being told to do in the defensive zone. I don't know. My job was so simple. 
a fourth line defensive uh, responsibility is as basic as it gets. So I don't know if maybe that's where the team needs to go back to those level of basics. But where's the teaching, Craig? We praised, they praised the offense. Donnie praised the offense again last night. Oh, our offense is, you know, our, the, our ability to generate offense, you know, but the most important part of the game is the defensive side. So where's the teaching? Where's the learning? Year after well, I think I think there is year, a lot of learning going story. on right now. Well, I think that uh, again, I'll go back to it, and uh, it may sound like it's in a, it's an excuse, but you're ultimately you have the youngest team in the league for the second year in the row, okay? And there's players that are still trying to figure out the league. I hate to say it, but that's just the way it is. And, you know, there's there's players that will never figure out the league. Jeff Skinner has played 14 years in the NHL. He's minus 130 fucking two. He's been he minus play. every single year of his entire career. Almost. He will play his 1,000th game this year. I'm pretty sure this season he will. And no playoff games. How many how many players in the league that have played 1000 NHL games have not played a playoff game? There's only a couple guys that I can think of that I knew had long hauls without playoffs. The first one that comes to mind is um Joe Joe Bomeister. Jay Bomeister, okay. Jay Bomeister had played a an extremely long time without playoffs, and then all of a sudden he he, he was went in off. a shit organized sh- one shit organization. Ole Jokinen played for like four. Ole Jokinen was all over the place. Played like nine hundred games or a thousand games or twelve hundred games without a playoff. I think I think uh, there was someone maybe Kovalchuk might have been up there. I think Kovalchuk's first playoff game was when he got traded to us in New Jersey. Now I could be wrong on that. I could. I actually think I am wrong. I think he only played a few up to that point. Yeah, Ole uh, Jokinen played twelve hundred. Yeah, and I think and thirty-one yeah. games. And let me guess. Let me guess. I think he played six playoff games. Six playoff yeah. games. Yeah. How many years in was it? Ten. Because guys, guys talked about. He played this. for L.A. Then he played for New York Islanders. Then he played for the Florida Panthers. Then he played for Phoenix. Then he played for Calgary where he played his first playoff yeah. game. Then he played for the Rangers. Then he went back to Calgary. Then he went to the Winnipeg Jets. Then he went to Nashville Predators. Then he went to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he ended with the St. Louis Blues. And you wonder why. I look at some of his seasons. He had 89 points, 91 points, 71 points, 61, 65. He, he's a hell of a hockey player. Guess what? If you're not going to win, if you're not going to help win championships, then we don't need you. And that's why he bounced around to freaking, I don't know how many teams in the league. They must laugh. I'm not even joking when I say this. The coaching staff, Matt Ellis, who watches video like crazy, must fucking almost laugh at how he plays defense. And the funny thing is, do you think they say anything? He has to him? been let do you think off. No. Gonna, do you think anyone's going to show him this and say this is not what you can do? Or that one where the controller broke against Boston, he stood in the center ice. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I mean, I don't think they say a word to him, and the reason for that is 
because he's one of the top point producers on the team and they don't want to stifle that point producing. Meanwhile, they don't understand it. They don't get it. And I'm sorry, I would literally say it right to Don Granato's face and Matt Ellis and anybody else who wants to listen on that coaching staff. It's not just about scoring goals because the Sabres just scored four goals last night and had 46 shots and lost. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Columbus will scratch Billy Lane or, uh, uh, Patrick Line, Billy Lano, Patrick Line, right? But but Skinner literally has moments where he looks like he doesn't even care, and then you just you just keep putting him. That's out That's because he's resting. So guess <laughs> that's no, I'm not joking. Offensive players in the defensive zone, a lot of them that are super insanely offensive, it's their time to rest. <laughs> Okay. You laugh. I don't know why you're laughing, but that, that I, is that is the case. Oh, I like, mean, but I I played with some offensive it's that, guys. It's not that I Jeff Skinner. With, I played with guys that were ten run. times better than than he was, and he is. And um, if they were resting, and in what? The defensive, they they certainly didn't really show it. This isn't this isn't all on Jeff Skinner. I'll tell I'm you that. I'm not putting right now. it on Jeff Skinner, but I'm listen. I'm sorry, but examples, Craig. Examples. If you are not going to tell this guy in front of the entire team that that is unacceptable, then the entire team thinks that it is acceptable. That's the problem with the whole thing. Yeah, he he gets the lion's share of ice, and he and I, I'm sorry, but he does not play good defense. He does not make this team better. Okay. That's 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 a better that's a better way of looking at it because it, it, you have to choose your words real wisely with this yeah, type of situation, right? That's why I, mean, I corrected myself. Listen, I mean, I don't know if you're watching Zach Benson, but holy shit, man, he looks like he literally looks like he's 32 years old on the ice, and that bothers me. <laughs> said the exact same thing. I said, well, I said it to myself because I was talking to myself during the fucking game and just being like, what the hell's going on here, like. I mean, it, it how do you play so he, well in the Rangers and then follow it up with another? Like, go look at the Sabre season. It's one win, one loss. One win, one loss. One win, one loss. Like, it, it, it's the whole season is like that. There is no consistency in how they play their game. Now, here's the thing. Don Granato, after la- last night's game, is pretty happy with the boys. They, they, they played really well. A lot of offense. A lot of offense. 46 shots on net dominated large parts of that game, large parts of the game. She had fucking 20 sticks broken in the room last night. Cause guess what? That's not how you win games. That's not how you win games. I don't give a shit how many shots you had on net. I don't care how much offense you had. You did not defend well, but maybe as they get older and they develop, maybe they'll develop into better defensive players. Maybe. I don't know. Only time will tell. We'll know in, you know, two, three years from now. Remember what Roisey said yesterday about when we had a bad game defensively, our defensive practice, we'd like literally be taught, be treated like we were in kindergarten again. Okay, don't want to go play your spots. We'd have to go down and forecheck into the offensive zone yep. in a position. And then back and, Lindy, and stand would, in the spot. Lindy would pull the puck around behind the net and be like, hey, where's the centerman go now? Where's the and he'd make us all move? And then he'd go to the other corner and then he'd fire the puck down the ice. And then we'd have to all back check. Remember that? Yep. And then next line out, oh my God. It was so it was and like they did it over and over. Oh, yeah. 
and over. And it was almost Lindy Ruff basically saying, I know you, I know you all know what to do. You're just choosing not to do what I want you to do. So today there's going to be a little bit of an embarrassing, um, you know, an embarrassing practice. And I'm going to treat you guys like you're fucking seven years old. Okay. Everybody shift over to the other side. Now. (laughs) Colleek, Colleek move down a little bit. There you go. There you go. I don't want you there. Al. I don't want you there. I want you to shot later last night. Al. that's where you were last fucking night. Al. move down two feet. There you go. Al. That's where I want you. Al. That would have prevented the fucking goal last night, Al. The team, the team's going to score a ton of goals because it has an insane amount of offense. Um, it is really, it's actually fun to watch them when they do have the puck and they're cycling, they're moving around. But I mean, the urgency to play defense on this team is is just not where it needs to be. You have you have defense right now. Every defense right now plays like they're Bobby Orr or Paul Coffey. Every single one of them. Fucking Ryan Johnson at the blue line, all this switching and dropping passes and all over the place. You got Samuelson now doing it. Samuelson doesn't need to fucking do that. He needs to play defense. That's it, bud. You're not Owen Power. You're not Rasmus Dahlin. Your job is to play defense. That's it. On that note, that'll do it for this edition of Crash Course presented by Salino Law. Car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Have you seen the new Cybertruck by Tesla? Uh, It's crazy that you're even asking me this because I saw the Cybertruck pulling a Porsche. Racing. Raced the Porsche. So they did, uh, down the track where a Porsche, I don't know what a nine 11 or whatever was going to race the cyber truck that was pulling a Porsche. Yes, they showed the this cyber during, truck yeah, beat it. during the Tesla launch yesterday. Is that not nuts? Well, there's another, uh, electric or an EV SUV. That's incredibly fast. It's the Rivian. I've been seeing these things around. A friend of mine has one. And they are incredible. Expensive. Very expensive. But the Cybertruck start at $61,000. That's, that comes with like no wheels or, or <laughs> front seats in the car. Like, we come on. We, we both know that it's complete crocs of shit when you deal with vehicles like this. Oh, it starts at sixty-one. Meanwhile, then you're paying $150,000 for it. You like them? Do I like what? The Cybertrucks? Uh, I do not. Uh, no. I would not drive that if it was given to me. It just really? looks, I don't need to stick out like a bloody sore thumb. Okay. And you're, you're that, that's a futuristic t- car. Is it not like, are they even being sold? Yeah, they were, they were launched yesterday. They were starting to be given to their okay, own. I don't know. I don't know who After a two on this year planet. Wait. I don't know who on this planet would, would buy that vehicle. There will be pro athletes whipping around in cyber trucks for sure. It doesn't interest me whatsoever, uh, but that's just me. So I think they're awesome. A little out of my price range. The Rivian that you talked about, spoke about, 
that's a pretty interesting vehicle too. You don't hear a lot about them. I, I literally just found out about them just a couple of days ago because I'm actually in the market to get a new vehicle. I haven't had one in many years and uh, just looking into vehicles. And that was one that uh, that came up in the radar. A little bit uh, too expensive for, for what I want. All right, that'll do it for this edition of After the Whistle presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. Thanks for listening.